today my special guest is Diane Kochilis. Diane is a Greek American cookbook author. She is a celebrity chef. She's appeared on several shows with Bobby Flay, Martha Stewart, uh, PBS, I Saw Her on the Dish. She spends her time between Greece and New York. Diane, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So, Diane, tell me, how did you get started in all this? A little bit serendipity, um, but like most things in life. Um, I studied journalism and always uh, wanted to be a writer, and it's basically what I've always been. And uh, one thing led to another in a job I had when I was right out of college, and I ended up writing this a cookbook called The Food and Wine of Greece and really enjoyed that experience. I moved to Greece to do the research, and uh, it's kind of been an evolution uh, from that moment uh, ever since. I get your newsletter and I feel like there's a lot of healthy versions of food in that. Do you feel like you go that way specifically because you're health conscious or you feel like that's just a better way of life? I am a very big proponent of plant-based cooking. I'm not a vegetarian, um, but just by default, Greek food, Greek cuisine has a lot of really great plant-based dishes and plant-forward dishes, which might include a little bit of you know, animal protein, a little bit of meat, whatever. But it's, um, I've also been living in Greece for most of my adult life. I'm a, I'm a born and bred New Yorker, but I've spent you know, 26 years of my life in Greece. And I've become very spoiled when it comes to the quality of, of fruits and vegetables. So all of that stuff just tastes really good and makes you feel really good, especially when you cook it with great extra virgin Greek olive oil. So it's been more or less the way that I've always eaten. That's not to say I don't enjoy, you know, a good steak, but I don't, I certainly don't enjoy one, you know, once a week. You're more plant-based than anything else. So usually you eat more vegetarian. I definitely eat more, more vegetables and olive oil and you know, beans. I eat fish, of course. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I, I don't, there's no label. I just eat a healthy Mediterranean diet, a healthy Greek diet. And you also have a cooking school. I have a cooking school. It's actually more than a cooking school. It's really a, sort of a life experience. It's on uh, the island of Ikaria, which is where my family is from. And it's a blue zone. I don't know if you know what that is. It's one of the pockets on earth where the longevity statistics are crazy high off the charts. Uh, people tend to live a long time on this island. And one of the reasons, one of many reasons is the diet, but there are also other factors like lifestyle and kind of a very relaxed outlook on life and not taking yourself too seriously and a very, very strong social fabric. But I ran a restaurant, I had a restaurant there about 20 years ago for two summers. And one of the things that we were doing to attract business to the restaurant was doing these day classes. And I really enjoyed teaching. And I had been doing some teaching in the States and that kind of, we closed the restaurant, but kept the cooking school and expanded on that. You teach at the cooking school? It's in my home. So yeah, yeah I teach and we get, you know, most of my guests are American. Uh, some are of Greek descent, but I would say the vast majority are not. Most of most people who come are, you know, I guess in that category of adventure travel, 
because to get to Gaudiya is still a little bit of an adventure. Mm -hmm. And most people are interested in a healthier way to live, not only physically, but also emotionally. So the experience on the island and seeing, you know, some of the, the things that are second nature to Icarians, I think is, those are some radical, you know, messages to most Americans who are so nervous and uptight and anxious and stressed out all the time um, and ruled by the clock. So you end up, you know, you spend time in a place where the complete opposite is true and serendipity plays a huge part in people's lives. Um, it's, it's kind of a life-changing experience for many people. So that's how I got started doing that. And I've been doing it for about 15 years now. I love it. I mean, it's really great fun. I've met incredible people. Uh, stay in touch with many of them. So it's, it's, a, it's a great, uh, you know, it's a great experience. So over the years, do you feel like the demand for healthy eating has gotten bigger? Like, have you seen that with your school? Because I feel like nowadays, especially in American culture, you really see that. Like everybody's really into the paleo. They're really into the keto. You hear the Mediterranean diet thrown around a lot. I mean, I think people are very interested in understanding how to eat better. There's a lot of corporate directed crazy nutritional messaging in this country. And a like lot what? Of what do you mean? I mean, even, sorry, like even the whole keto diet, really, like a totally high fat diet on like meat and cheese. And you're 70. I had a woman who was on the keto diet last year. She was grossly overweight and all her joints were swollen and she couldn't walk. I'm like, what are you doing? And you're telling me you feel great? You know, that can't be. There's something wrong with this picture. Yeah, I had a friend who went on the keto diet and he was like, it's great because I can eat cheese and bacon and vodka. And I'm like, that sounds like a recipe for a heart attack. I don't know yeah. if that's actually healthy. You know, I think that there's so little attention paid to just keeping things in, in check, you know, in balance. And we get so uptight about, I mean, everyone, we should be, we should indulge with pleasure and not do anything too extreme and that's the mediterranean way of life i mean you know it's it's about finding that balance and sure it helps you know it's easier when you live in a place where the quality of produce is is amazing because of the climate mm -hmm. but you can still replicate that in in an american you know community but i think you know i, I go to the supermarket here and the first time, couple of times, you know, recently, not so recently, maybe 10 years ago, when my kids were still little, and I remember going to the supermarket looking, you know, to buy a container of milk. And, you know, there was, all, there was so many choices that it was, uh, it was stressful. Well, and I think too, it's like what you don't find in Greece that you find out here. Like I know when I go visit my family in Greece, it's like, it is fresh. And like, you know, in my mom's village, it's like everything's grown in people's backyards. You know, my aunt has a farm and that's where we get the eggs. Like people are growing fruits and vegetables in their backyard. That's, and here I feel like it's just a lot of corporate farming. So if you want, if you want the simplicity of that, you have to pay extra for that here. Right. Which well, is kind of, well, that's what I'm saying. Everything is you know, there's always a money element. And I think that's the root of people's deep unhappiness in the United States. There's always 
there's you're, you're charged for everything. I mean, that's it's there's that's wrong. Yeah. You know, there's something innately wrong about that. There's something. I, I don't know. Maybe that's you know too radical a thought for for advanced capitalism. <laughs> I just think it's, <laughs> you know, it's wrong. I think that you know we should go. There should be more local food. People should be more involved in their food production. I remember a time in New York City when I was a kid where there were still community gardens. Mm. And, and things that were, doesn't exist anymore, does it? Things were clustered differently, and I, you know, I just, you know, I think that we're also very, we have this entitlement attitude to everything, and no, you know, you shouldn't be eating strawberries in January if you're in New York City because they're not in season. So to like to ship them from halfway around the world just seems completely insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. And very spoiled. And not to mention the toll that that takes on our planet and our environment yeah. and you know, eat an apple. New York has amazing apples. Yeah. Eat an apple. It's January. They're in season. Eat a pear, yeah. eat an orange. And there's a reason that every fruit has its season or vegetables have it. Mix it up. <laughs> you know when the season comes for that vegetable or fruit, yeah, have yeah, that vegetable or that fruit. That's one of the great things that living in Greece has taught me, that you appreciate things because you actually have to wait for them. You wait for cherry season. Mm. I eat more cherries in the three weeks of cherry season. I, I, I just love them. I can't get enough of them. But then it's over. And it's, it's okay. It's over. I don't have to eat cherries in August. They're not in season anymore. They're in season in June. And they're great. You can great. let go. You can let go and move on to the next thing. Yeah. So do you think that that, because you're talking about the blue zone, and I, I have read a bit about the blue zone, and it's like, you know, the longevity of people. Do you think that that has something to do with it, that people tend to go more with the natural waves of what's in season, what's not in season? Because a lot of what happens here in the country, too, I feel like, okay, what's produced in a lab? Like, now the big thing is... Um, that, that vegetarian burger that bleeds the impossible burger. And everybody's yeah. like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's so healthy. And I'm like, is it? Because it's still produced in a lab. It's still super high in sugar. I'm not exactly sure if what we think is healthy out here is really what's healthy or if it's what the media well, is telling us is healthy. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It, it's a lot of, I mean, I haven't tasted the impossible burger. so I It's don't have delicious. It is delicious, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have an opinion, but I do think that there's a lot of corporate messaging in nutrition that is is not um, directed. It's not in our best interest. It's in the interest of the corporate profits. And if there were a, a plates shift, I think that there would also be, there would still be profits at the end of the day, but people would be healthier. And I, I, I don't know. I think that something has gone terribly awry here. I mean, I have, you know, I just, it's gone awry. There's something that's very different in the way, in people's, you know, me, myself, and I attitude. And about everything that is very, it's not what it was when I was a kid. People were much more community conscious. It wasn't, I don't know, it's just different. And I think food 
has a big, there's a big part of, you know, food is a big part of that. I mean, I grew up in the 60s, so the food was terrible. Was it? Oh, it was terrible. It was what was no, the food back then? It was terrible. It was all industrial farming. There was no awareness whatsoever of, you know, everything was, was processed. You know, we wanted Pop-Tarts. We wanted, you know, cakes that came out of a box. We, you know, we didn't want anything homemade. It was just, the, that was the fashion of the day. But, you know, then there were people like Alice Waters and other people who really helped uh, enlighten, you know, awareness, whatever. Pave the way. But, yeah, but I think there are so many, you know, there's, there are so many mixed messages and we're so uh, used to having, you know, a lot of everything. It really struck me how you were talking about people on the island and, you know, it's not just the food, but it's also the social fabric, the social component, which I think is a really important part of having a healthy lifestyle that I don't know in New York City, but in San Francisco, we just kind of don't live that way. You know, everybody sort of just isolates themselves. And I mean, San Francisco also is, you know, like New York, it's a good example of just regular people being squeezed out of their own city. Yeah, yeah. Because of corporate greed and skewing the real estate market. I mean, it's very complicated. Well, Diane, thank you so much for your time. I know you're really busy today, but thanks for hopping on this call with me. Um, Okay, thank you.